Good morning, New Life Christian Church. How are you all doing out there? It's Resurrection Sunday. Sunday, the day the Lord arose. He arose a victor from the dark domain. He lives forever, death he overcame. He arose, and so shall we one day. And we're going to celebrate that today. Today is a day of celebration. We're all gathered together in spirit, if not in body. But in spirit, we are gathered together. And we're going to kick this celebration off with our brother Ray Wilkinson leading us in a song about that, that resurrection time. Kick it off, Ray. song now we're going to continue on here for a moment with the lesson for today on and live and I want you to know that in the middle of this I'll have to pause for a minute because we, we got to keep this down to uh, 15 minutes so uh, on each one, so we're going to have two, two YouTube videos. So after this one ends, go to part two, okay? But what I want to do today, it's Resurrection Sunday. The world might call it Easter, but this is the Lord's Day, and this is Resurrection Sunday, and it was the day that He arose. And, and this past week, there was some teaching, there was the trials, there was the murder, of Jesus Christ. And now 
We're past that. We're on Sunday morning. We're on the resurrection day. And what I wanted to talk about today, our salvation is paid for. We have good news because Jesus arose from the grave. He won the victory over the dark domain. He lives forever. Death he overcame. He arose. He arose. Hallelujah. Christ arose. And what I want to talk to you about today is this salvation that was for all mankind. And Paul said it like this in 1 Corinthians. Here's going to be our text for today if you want to turn there. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through the first part of verse 5. And it sounds like this. Paul told him, what is the gospel? Jesus said whenever he was getting ready to ascend to the Father in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, he said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. And I want you to go therefore into all the world. Make disciples of every creature. He that believeth and is baptized, well, that's Mark 16, it shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. In Matthew 28, 19, he said, And this is the gospel that you will tell them, and then you will baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and I will be with you always, even into the end of the world, and teach them all things whatsoever I have commanded you. But that death, burial, resurrection we in faith. He says, he that believes and in is baptized because that's the death, burial, and resurrection into the water that we simulate. It's a similitude of what he did whenever he died. He went to the tomb and he arose again. And Paul said it like this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning in verse 1, if you're there with me. He said, moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. Well, what is the gospel, Paul? Lay it on me. He said, well, I preached it to you already. It's what you received, and it's what you're supposed to stand in, and it's by which you are saved if you hold fast to the things that I preached unto you, unless you should have believed in vain. Because he says, I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ, now here's the gospel, that Christ died for our sins, according to the word of God, to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. And twice, he wants us to know that all of this was because it was according to the word of God, according to the scriptures. And then it says this in verse 5, and he was seen. He was seen. How beautiful is that? I want to talk about that today. Praise God, he was seen. That means that there is irrefutable proof that our Lord arose from the dead, that He left the empty tomb, and that He arose into a new body, and He was seen. And I want to talk about some of those. In Acts chapter 1, Luke, the writer there, says, Man, O Theophilus, I gave to you a former treaty, which was my gospel, of all the things that Jesus began both to do and to teach, and then verse 2 says, until the day Jesus taught and did until the day in which he was taken up. And after that, he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles that, they, that he had chosen to whom, now listen to this, listen to verse 3, to whom he also presented himself alive. He printed it presented himself alive after his suffering by infallible proofs. 
There is no refuting the proof that Jesus arose and came and showed himself alive. He was seen by them. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about those stories of resurrection morning. And I want to see the people who saw him and what it meant to their life and what it should mean to our life this day as we think about the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I want to talk first of all about Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene, oh, what a symbol of grace and mercy of our Lord. You know what? By all accounts, Mary was a beautiful woman. She was a lovely woman, but inside. Oh, Mary from the city of Magdala, she was battling some things. The scriptures tell us in both Mark and Luke that she had seven demons that was within her. And our Lord took those through His word and His power and He cast those demons out of her. And I think that it was for a powerful reason. I think that it was to reference, to show the great power that our Lord had on His deliverance of us from the bondage of sin and the bondage of darkness. And He delivered those out of her. And she followed Him from that day forward and never turned her back on Him. And she stayed as close as she could and she took in doctrine and she took in doctrine. And Bible and His Word meant the world to her. And I think one of the powerful reasons that this was repeated twice, that the seven demons went out, is because they never came back. If you are not a Christian, I'm going to give you a reason why you ought to be. You should be a Christian because whenever you are in Christ and you're baptized into Christ, Peter said, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And what that means is, is now He indwells you. He is your gift that you have now and He seals you. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And no longer, if you are a child of God and you have the Holy Spirit within you, you no longer can be indwelled by a demon. There is no power of darkness can enter you because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Praise God. And she never turned her back after that. But then, here come the night that they took Jesus and they took him to be crucified. And he went through the trial and she followed him all the way. She stood there at the cross and watched as the Savior died. She stood afar off and followed when Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus took our Lord down off of the cross and wrapped him up and took him over to Joseph's tomb. It was a new tomb. And he took him in there and the Scripture says that she saw and took note of where they had placed him so that she could come back because she wanted to anoint him with better things. She wanted more of a proper burial for her Lord than this quick thing that they did. And then after that, there was three days and three nights that she had to suffer the heartache and loss of her teacher. And then that Sunday morning, you know, she couldn't sleep all night Saturday night. It had been two, it was a double holy day. It was a feast day and then a Sabbath day, so it was a double Sabbath holy day. And they were like us. They were quarantined, but it was only for two days. They, they couldn't work. They couldn't go anywhere. 
But out on that Saturday night, she couldn't sleep. She knew that tomorrow she was able to travel and able to co-worship her God. I can't wait till we all come back to church and worship. I hope that you can't sleep Saturday night because you can't wait to come on Sunday. And it says she waited and before dawn, John chapter 20 is our next chapter, and before dawn, it says while it was still dark outside, Mary made her way to the tomb. And when she got to the tomb, it says that she saw that the stone was rolled away and the tomb is empty. And she feared that somebody may have taken the Lord. So she ran back and she went to where Peter and John were staying. And she went in there and said, The Lord, the tomb is open and I don't know where they have taken Him. And Peter and John got in that foot race and they went running out to the tomb. She followed along, but they was running out, running her. And they got there, and they peered in, and they stooped, and that's a story for another day. But it says then that after they had looked in, and they believed, they left and went to their home abode, but not Mary. Mary couldn't leave. There's no way that Mary could leave where her Savior had been buried, and she knows not where He is. Oh, she stood out that side of that empty tomb and then it says she stooped down and she peered in, weeping and crying. And all of a sudden there was two angels in white apparel, one at the head of Jesus where He would have laid and one it says where He laid at His feet. And those two angels stood there and as she peered in and weeping, they said, Who are you seeking? And why are you weeping, dear child? And she told them, she said, where is the Lord? But I bet, those, I bet those angels was grinning ear to ear. You know why? Because the Lord Himself was preparing to present Himself to her. The first appearance to one of His own was to Mary Magdalene. She meant that much to Him. She was weeping and saying, I don't know where they've laid Him. And the angels are grinning because here He comes. And she rises from the opening of that tomb and starts to turn around. And there was a man, and the man there said, and it was the Lord, said, Who do you seek after, and why are you weeping? And she said, I am weeping because they have taken away my Lord, and if it was you that carried him away, please tell me where he was and where they laid him. You see, she didn't know that it was the Lord. Her eyes were blurry from tears, and maybe there were other things involved, but she didn't recognize him. And then, as she's standing there, in those tears and saying that, Jesus said unto her her name. Jesus said, Mary, Mary. And then it says in the scriptures that she turned and that she realized it was Jesus. And you know what she did? She screamed out, Rabboni! Rabboni! Which means teacher, teacher. And she screamed. And you know what? The next thing, she grabbed a hold of him like she was going to squeeze the pudding right out of him. She wasn't going to let go of him, and he told her, don't cling to me because I've still got to go on to the Father. But I want to tell you something. If you seek the Lord as your teacher and you follow him everywhere and you get to that empty tomb and then he calls your name, one day, just like Mary's eyes were open and she got to see him in a resurrected body, if Jesus is your teacher and you seek Him more than anything, and you believe in that empty tomb, 
One day he's going to call your name. When he comes with that trumpet and we arise to meet him and we go into that great role that's going to be called up yonder and he's going to call your name. And he's going to come out and he said, you, because you confessed me before man, I'm going to confess you before my father that's in heaven. And you are well done, good and faithful servant. I can't wait for that day. But you know what makes it possible? The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He arose. And that's why these stories are important. He was seen, it says in 1 Corinthians 15. He was seen by all of these people. And we have their stories and we have their testimonies and what it meant to them. And what it meant to Mary was the one that I love the most is the one that I call the teacher. You remember Acts started out all that Jesus began to both do and to teach. He was the great teacher. So Mary fell on her feet and fell to his feet and worshipped him. And Jesus says, don't cling to me, but go. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee and I'm going to meet them there. Now, rejoicing in your freedom. She had been freed from those demons, free to worship the Lord now, and her eyes were open. The resurrection, Lord, means that we're free from the things that bind us too. You've been forgiven. You've been washed in that blood. Your sins and your debts have been paid for. And freedom from fear is, and the love of Jesus is what this resurrection story is all about. Now, the second story in here is about the other women who was with Mary whenever they went um, to the grave that morning, to the tomb. Those, those women were there early with her at the tomb, and there was a great earthquake that happened. And the angels was there in the bright apparel. Man, they took off running, afraid. And as they were running, uh, there was a voice. And you're going to have to go on to part two to figure out what that voice was. Stick with us. Go to part two and don't let this get past you, all right? You got to hear the end of this story. All right, you ready for part two? Well, those other women that had been with, with, uh, with Mary and saw the tomb and they heard the earthquake and they saw the things going on and the angels in white, they were running. And then all of a sudden there was a voice and the voice said, hey, rejoice. Rejoice, they're running in fear. And he says, rejoice. You know what? There's a lot of people running in fear today with all that we got going on with the plague and the pestilence and the coronavirus, isn't there? But you know what? We serve a Savior who, just like these women who were running in fear from the things that was happening, the earthquakes shaking and the, the stone being rolled away, and they were, were fearful and running. And Jesus says, don't be fearful. Rejoice. His word to them was rejoice. And they looked at him, and when they saw him, these women fell at his feet also and began to worship him. And Jesus told them this, Do not be afraid, but go and tell my brethren to meet me in Galilee. Rejoicing and freedom from fear is what the resurrection of Jesus Christ meant to them. Now our third story. <laughs> oh, I love this third story here. This third story is in Luke's account of the gospel in chapter 24, if you would like to turn there and follow along. Luke chapter 24. And our story begins in verse 13. And it's a story that the world knows as the road to Emmaus. 
And on the road to Emmaus, there was a couple of disciples that loved Jesus. Now, they weren't a part of the inner circle and a part of the 12 apostles, but these is part of those others that was there, like the 120 that was gathered in the room that day on the day of Pentecost. These are faithful followers of Christ. We only know the name of one of them. It's Cleopas. And then the other one is his friend. And this is Resurrection Sunday, but they don't know it yet. All they know is what they've been hearing. And they're walking on the road to Emmaus. And it's about a seven-mile walk to go from where they were at Jerusalem to their hometown. And it says as they was walking, Jesus come up on them. And, and they didn't realize it was him. And here they are. They're walking around. And it, they were talking, but they must... They looked like they were eating sour pickles, man. Because how's this for a conversation starter? The Lord comes upon them and says, Hey, what are you guys talking about that's giving you such a long face? What's eating at you? You, you look like you're just death warmed over. What's going on? And those two said this. They go, Man, are you a stranger in Jerusalem and in this area and you don't know what's been happening? Have you not heard that... There was a man named Jesus whom they crucified the day before the holy day and that he was our friend and it's turned this world upside down and now we've got, uh, have you not heard all this? And he goes, heard what? <laughs> and they began explaining all that. He said, heard what? What are you talking about? I want to stop there for a moment and say, I really love the sense of humor that our Lord has. Can you imagine that? Here's the Lord. He's the one that's been crucified. Here's two of his disciples that he's put a, a, a little blinder over their eyes. And they're sad. And they, they say, have you not heard? And he's like, heard what? <laughs> and that reassures me that my Lord has a great sense of humor. And that he loves us. And he loves to toy with us a little bit like that. And joke around as well. Just like we do with those that we love. And so he said, heard what? And so Cleopas answered saying, man, you're a stranger here. And look at what things has happened. And he began expounding all the things until one time. Whenever he got to the point, he started sharing after the crucifixion that on today that there was some women who ran to the tomb and they said the tomb was empty and they came and got certain one of our friends and they went, but they... But they, the women said they saw him, but our friends, the apostles there, they didn't see him, it says. And you know what? Jesus didn't say a word in their story until right there. And he stops them mid-sentence when it says that, but they didn't see him. You know why Jesus stopped them mid-sentence? He doesn't want anyone to doubt that he resurrected from the dead. He's getting ready to show them but he wanted to erase all doubt from anyone's mind. So when they said they didn't see him, he said, hold on a minute, brother. Let me start telling you something. And with that, Jesus began with, oh, foolish ones, how slow is your mind at picking up things? And then he began telling them about Jesus, how he should. Shouldn't the Savior come and suffer and die? Did not the Scripture say that? And it says that he begins at Moses and with all of the scriptures of the Old Testament, he begins telling them about Jesus and about he, how he was to come and to suffer and to die. And about that was a long and winding road, that seven miles. And at the end of it, Jesus had expounded all those scriptures. And they said, hey, 
It's getting late. Won't you come in and sup with us? And Jesus started to act like he was going to go on. They said, please, come on, come and sup with us. And so Jesus accepted their invitation and he went in. And when the meal was prepared, it says that here was something odd. Usually the head of the house breaks the bread and passes out the things. But here the stranger breaks the bread. And it says that when he broke the bread and gave it to them, and they did take and start to eat, it says that their eyes were opened. And they realized that it was Jesus. And then it says Jesus vanished from their sight. Just He was gone. He vanished. I want to tell you something that I feel personally. Can't prove it right yet. But I believe that the reason that their eyes were opened at that point was this, that whenever Jesus broke the bread and handed it to him, you see how my sleeve rises up and my hand and my wrist is shown. I believe that they saw that nail print that was in his hand. And that's when they said, it's the Lord. Think about it. What happened with Thomas? Whenever they said, we've seen the Lord... And Thomas said, I will not believe unless I can take my finger and I can put it right there in that nail hole that's in his arm. Then I will believe. Well, at the sight of the hand of Jesus, when the bread was gone and it was empty, their eyes were open and they realized it was the Lord. And you know what they said? Here's the reaction to the resurrected Lord that they had been walking and talking with on that road. Their reaction was this. Did our hearts not burn within us? Man, when he was talking about those scriptures on the road with us and about how he was going to suffer and die, and he explained that word, did not the word of God burn within us deeply? Friends, Resurrection Sunday means we serve a Lord that's got that hole in his arm. I've heard tell that possibly the only man-made thing that will ever be in heaven's realm is the wounds upon my Savior's hand, His side, and His feet from that cross that we will glory in for eternity. That that's the only man-made things that will be there and it goes to show what Jesus did for mankind. It opened their eyes. What's resurrection mean to us? Well, this story can mean that maybe one day, maybe it's been a long road, that seven-mile walk. Maybe your life's been a long road and a long journey, and you've been trying to find Christ. And you've been trying to understand the Scriptures, but you haven't made sense out of them yet. And you're about to give up, and you're forlorn just like they were. They were sad, and they didn't know where to go, and they didn't understand the Word of God. I pray that one day, maybe it's during communion, just like when He broke the bread and handed it to Him. Maybe one day those nail prints become real. Maybe Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, that gospel becomes real to you and to me. And then our eyes are opened and we began to hunger and thirst after that word of God like Mary Magdalene did and like Cleopas did. And he said, man, did not my heart burn within me when he told me his word? I pray that one day, if that is the resurrection story for you, 
that one day your eyes will be open and you will see and your understanding will be open and the word of God becomes clear and you say, man, it is burning within me and I rejoice and I can't wait to study more of it. I pray that one day that's the resurrection story for you. And then, now as we go back, you know, there was an old song whenever I was in high school that said, it's all right and it's coming on. We're going to get right back to where we started from. Well, we started at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And so after this long journey of talking about these three stories of those resurrection days, let's go back to where we started from. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians 15. And here's what Paul says now. Now with this understanding of, of the story, let's listen to what he says. Next slide, please. Brethren, I declare the gospel to you. That's the good news of the death, burial, and resurrection that we just talked about. That's something in which you can take a stand in, and it's by which you are saved. And now, first of all, I want to tell you this, that the gospel is Christ died for your sins and my sins, according to the scriptures and that he was buried, and that he arose again into a new body, and then it, he was seen after the third day. He was seen. He was seen by Mary. He was seen by those other women. He was seen by Cleopas. And he, Paul goes on to say he was seen by over 500 brethren at one time, and by James, and last of all, he was seen by me the least of all the apostles, like one who was born in a wrong time. Paul saw Jesus whenever he was trying to persecute Christians and he was on the road to Damascus with papers to imprison all of them. And he, he was riding that horse and all of a sudden Jesus came in a bright light. Boom, just like that. Knocked him off his horse, blinded him, and he told him to go into town and it'll be told you what you're going to do. And Ananias went and told him, said, why tarriest thou arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord? Man, if you need to do that today after your resurrection Sunday day of seeing the Lord in a bright light and now you're ready, then don't hesitate. You need to contact us. We need to get that done as soon as we can. But we keep on going with this thing. He was seen. The resurrection power. And he goes on. We're going to stay in 1 Corinthians 15. Keep reading that whole chapter today. It says as we go on down, Paul says, but I want to tell you something about this resurrection and that he has been seen. I want to tell you something about it. He says, you know what? I'm in jeopardy every day and every hour. And you know what? If the Lord is not resurrected, this is how powerful the story of the resurrection is. He said, I seen him. He was seen and I seen him and he knocked me off my horse. And he says, you know what? I am in jeopardy every hour. I wouldn't do that if I hadn't seen him and I didn't believe that this thing was real and that he was arose from the dead. And then he says this, but you know what? If the dead do not rise, if you don't believe in that and you don't believe that Jesus arose from the grave, then what hope have you got? He says that if all we have is this life as Christians, then we are of all men most pitiful. We are to be pitied because if you don't believe in the resurrection, then why are you even here? 
Go live, eat, drink, be merry, tomorrow you die, and there is nothing left because there is no resurrection. But he said, I saw him, and he was real, and by his power he changed my life, and I am a new creature. And he said, I live in jeopardy every hour because Jesus rose by the power of God, and he overcame death, he overcame death, the grave. He's a victor. And he says that he will come and deliver us to the Father. He was the first fruits. He's coming back to get the rest of the fruit. We're going to be raised in a glorious new body just like him. Flesh and blood does not inherit the heaven. It cannot inherit the kingdom of God. But we're all going to be changed, he goes on down there in 1556. In a moment, we're going to be transformed in the twinkling of an eye. And we're going to meet him in the air. The last shout of the living Christ was, It is finished. And he cried with a loud voice and he gave up the ghost. His next voice, his next shout is going to be with the shout, the trumpet of God, and he comes to take us home to be with him and we will meet him in the air. And that is the resurrection story. God bless all of you. Have a happy Easter. Let's pray. Oh, Holy Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And Father, we're so thankful for Resurrection Day and the power that you put on display over death whenever you raised your Son and our Savior from that tomb and from the grave. And Father, that gives us a living hope that we also will be raised and resurrected with him into that new life in an incorruptible, immortal body. Father, we praise you, we thank you, and we love you. And we ask all of these things in Jesus' name. May you all have a great day in Christ and a great week. Amen. Come on, Ray, take us home now.
still on the throne God is in charge and everything's going to be well and we are all going to be able to meet again praise God in Jesus name Amen